Ram Das said, we're all just walking each other home. I love that. Isn't that lovely? I rather like it. We are birthless, deathless, timeless, immortal, eternal souls who have chosen to come into this form at this time in Earth's evolution to meet other souls who have chosen this time as well. Really? Isn't that it? I mean, this is kind of what we've got. So really, let's, you know, so let's talk about death. <laughs> Why not? We, we are here for a limited time. Here we are. And we've chosen this time and place at some level, at some cosmic level, to be here. We're all together on this planet at this point in time, orbiting 67,000 miles an hour around the sun rotating about a thousand miles an hour, which makes up our 23-hour, 56-minute and four-second day, hence leap year. The solar system itself is moving at an average velocity of about 450 miles an hour, 450,000 miles an hour. And you know, even at that speed, it's going to take 230 million years for the sun to make one complete trip around the Milky Way. We are traveling, right? Holy moly. The Milky Way galaxy itself is moving at a velocity of approximately 372 miles a second. 372 miles a second. So the Milky Way, along with other galaxies in our neighborhood, are rushing similar speeds toward a structure called the Great Attractor. It's a region of space roughly 150 million light years away from us. The great attractor having a mass of 100 quadrillion times greater than our sun. 500 million light years across. And it's made of both visible matter and dark matter. And that's where we're headed. Dizzy yet? <laughs> Right? And, and so here we are on this little teeny tiny planet, on this little arm of this little galaxy, you know, with this expanse all around us. And we look up on a starry night, and perhaps we glimpse stars, some heavenly bodies, maybe a planet or two if we're lucky, right? Or a comet whizzing by, or maybe a, a, a meteorite. Sometimes we catch a glimpse of the arm of the, uh, of, a, of the Milky Way, and we can feel so small and insignificant in comparison, right? Right, we are so small and thou art so great, and, and we can get that feeling. But you know, that's, that's not how we can look at the grandeur of all of that. Right? You think of the planets, you think of the billions of galaxies, you think of the stars and, the, and, the, and all of that out there. But that's, you know, and, and, and in comparison, yes, in comparison, but that's not the way we ought to look at that, is it? We are not tiny and, compar we are not tiny and insignificant in comparison to it. We are a part of it. We are a part of it. Right? Like the cells in your body. Like the cells in your body, there are like 36 trillion. Isn't that awesome? There's like 36 trillion cells in your body. We are the cells in the body of God. Right? 
How wonderful is that? How spectacular. We're not separate and apart from this majesty. We are an integral part of this universe. You know, Carl Sagan said, the cosmos is within us. We are made of star stuff. We are a way for the universe to know of itself. We are a way for the universe to know of itself. And guess what? Turns out old Carl was right. <laughs> I love that. <sighs> it's actually 100% true. Nearly every single element in the human body has come through and was made by stars or by the explosion of supernovas. Everything, every element in your body comes from that. So everything we are comes from the one source. Ah, oh, that is just amazing. We are part of the whole. We are part of this universe. And, and if we think about in the beginning, right? In the beginning, everything is God. In the beginning, God created everything. Well, created everything out of itself. There was nothing else to create anything out of. Everything was created from the one thing. We're that too, right? We are that. Everything in form and out of form is that, that energy. Everything with that we are is God. Everything we are is God. Now, of course, we are not all there is to God. See, it's, you know, all ice is water, but not all water is ice. Same sort of thing, right? Ernest Holmes said this. He said, the body is the result of spirit working through soul, or what he called law. The entire manifestation of spirit, both visible and invisible, is the body of God. There it is. There is one body in the universe. Within this one body is included all other bodies, just like all the cells in your body. They're all separate and distinct. They're individualized cells, but they're all part of your body. Same thing with us. We're all part of the universe. We all, we all are those you know, individualized lives, but part of the whole. And so we come into form, yay, we come into the world at this point in time on this planet so the universe can know of itself as us, like, like Carl Sagan said. So the universe can know of itself. We're that. And so our journey home, that's the title of this talk. I didn't say that, did I? Sorry. <laughs> our, our journey home is to return to where we came from originally, right? It's to return to where we came from, this consciousness just to return to pure consciousness. So, so while we are here, the universe knows of itself as us. We individualize that energy. We make it our own. We make our own choices and we have our free will and we live our lives and we do all the things that we do, skilled and unskilled, right? So the universe can know of itself as us. And then our journey is really to return us to where it all started return us to the beginning, to return us to pure consciousness, which is where we came from. Reminds me of the Wizard of Oz, doesn't it? <laughs> it reminds me, anyway, of the Wizard of Oz, right? Dorothy traveled far, far away, but the, what was the only desire that she had when she got there was to return home. Isn't that kind of what we do, right? And, and what did she say? And they sent me home, she said, right? That was in the last, in the last scene. All she wanted to do, she said there were some, some parts of it were beautiful, some parts of it were awful. Isn't that life? And all the while, she just kept telling everybody she wanted to go home. And they sent me home. 
And isn't that what we're doing, right? We will eventually return home, each and every one of us. Nothing in the physical world lasts forever. We got that, right? <laughs> we're adults now. We get it. Nothing in the physical world lasts forever. Nothing here. Nothing in the physical lasts. We see it all around us. We are reminded all the time. The seasons tell us that, right? They go around, they cycle, they tell us nothing lasts forever. The leaves, the fruit trees, the cycles of the tides, the moon, the phases of the moon, everything shows us that there are times, right? There are times. Everything has its rhythm, including our lives, lifespan of people included. We have, what, maybe 100 years, or give or take, <laughs> you know? Another Dorothy observation. People come and go so quickly here. It's true. It is true. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, the body of the universe cannot help changing. This is what constitutes the eternal activity of spirit within itself. Spirit passing into form. Creation eternally going on. So spirit is forever assuming form and abandoning form. Assuming form and abandoning form. And it's that rhythm that we come to understand about life. We suffer to the extent we're attached to the form and we don't want anything to change. Right? That's really where the suffering comes from. We don't want it to change. We get it just the way we, get, we like it. <laughs> and it's got to stay this way. Good luck with that. Right? It's going to change anyway. And when we're attached, we suffer. It has to work out this way. This is the way it's got to be. You know, all those, oh, I can't bear it if, or this is just the way I want it. You know, stop my. We want springs and summers, but we don't really care for falls and winters, do we? We don't like the cold and the barren and the lifeless time. But here it is. And then it comes around again. Spring comes around again. Infinite inclusivity, which is the term Ernest Holmes used. Infinite inclusivity means everything happens within the one. Everything happens within the one. We are spirit. That's it. We have, this, energy is all that exists. It's God. We call it God. Everything occurs in this infinite inclusivity. The highs, the lows, everything. There are no dualities in life. There are only dualities in our minds, right? Different ends of the spectrum. God is love. God is not love and hate. It doesn't exist. God is the truth to which there is no opposite. So God is love. Anything less than that, we'll call it something else, right? We create the duality in our mind, love and hate. But it's just love, 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 less love, less love, less love, <laughs> infinitely less love. It's like calculus. Anybody remember calculus? When you're infinitely, right? When, you, when you're approaching zero, but you never get there. Same thing, right? It's, it exists on a continuum. God is love, just pure love. That's it. How much you demonstrate, that's up to you. Demonstrate a little, demonstrate a lot, call it hate. It's love. God is love. God knows nothing else but love. We can withdraw from it, absolutely, and we can call it something else, but it all exists on this continuum. Ernest Holmes said this, he said, if we could just identify ourselves with life and forget death, with love and forget hate, with joy and forget misery, 
with peace and forget discord, with abundance and forget limitation, how wonderful life would be. There has to come an awakening. Everyone in the simple integrity of our own individual soul must learn to meet the universe in exaltation. Right? Stop looking at the either or. Stop looking at the duality and it fades away to the nothingness because we created it to begin with. We created it. So we're born, we live, we die, we journey home. But you know, that's only part of this talk. That's only part of this title because we journey home every time we remember who we are, don't we? We journey home every time we go within. We take a moment. Every time we take a breath, we journey home. Every time we, we stop, right? You know when you take that time out for yourself? Instead of just like barreling right into reaction? Every time we stop and take a breath and choose love instead of fear, right? We're going home. We're going home to our heart space. Every time we, we, we expand into the field of infinite potential, of infinite good, rather than contracting into lack and limitation, we're going home. We're going into our truth. Every time we choose to grow and evolve instead of becoming more stuck and more rigid in our beliefs, we're going home. Every time we choose to love unconditionally, rather than judge whether or not they're worthy of our love. We're going home. Every time we choose acting and demonstrating from the qualities of God that we know are truth, we're going home. Right? Every time we remember truth, we are going home. We're going home to the, to the home within us, to home to our own truth, home to that higher self that is nestled within us, right? Walt Whitman, that, that seed of perfection that is nestled within. We go home to our heart space. We go home to our heart space. <laughs> home is where the heart is, right? Where do you think we get it from? <laughs> and that's our daily practice. It's to take that time out to remember. Remember who we are. Remember whose we are. Remember our, we come from source and, and we will return to source at some point. But as we grow, we learn so many things here on earth that are not truth, right? They are coping mechanisms. We learn that really, really young, don't we? We learn how to survive in the world, uh, in a world we might think is dangerous, risky, frightening. We learn things to get along in our, in our family of origin or our culture. We learn ways to protect ourselves from getting hurt. Don't we armor up? Have, did you learn that as a child, right? To armor up, to protect ourselves uh, uh, against hurt of some sort, mental, physical, whatever. We armor up. But see, here's the thing about armoring up. It protects you from further hurt, but it also prevents you from communicating with others. It prevents you from connecting with other souls, which is what we're here to do, right? Our soul wants expansion. Our soul wants to connect. Our soul wants to, to love, to be in, in, in the experience of life. We, our soul is made for connection. 
We are social creatures. We're made to be in groups. We seek out groups. We create groups. We make groups. We want to be together, right? So the armoring up doesn't doesn't really help us in the long run. It might protect us from the situation we're in, but what happens when we grow? We're no longer in that situation, but we're still armored up. We're still armored up, and we're not letting anybody in, right? So it's up to us to heal those wounds and discard the armor, right? And let love in and let love out. Works both ways. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, "It is not." The particular negative experience we've gone through in the past that destroys our happiness, but rather it is our emotional reaction to those experiences carried into the reservoir of memory. Many people suffer complete defeat without having really been defeated. Others succumb to the first time anything goes wrong. Right. Because we're so we're so armored up, you know. Oh my God! But see, the thing is, that person isn't the person in front of us, and it takes time to heal those wounds. I understand that, right? But this is the work that we do, isn't it? We talk about button pushing and which buttons are there and who pushed whose buttons, but they didn't install them, right? <laughs> talk about that all the time. It takes time to heal those old wounds. We've collected them over the years, right? Brene Brown. Um, had said, and when something hard happens in our life, right? When you get blindsided, when you get hit up the side, you know, by some something, some betrayal or lie or whatever. She said, when something hard happens, emotion gets the first crack at it. And don't you love that, right? Because emotion is not truth either. But we revert right back to those armor behaviors of the past when something something comes up and it's in the face. We go right back to that armored behavior. Remember the coach to everywhere? Did anybody remember? Remember that picture? It was in in Financial Freedom. It was a lovely picture, and the coach is our body. The you know the the structure of the coach is the human body, and the mind is within it, and the driver is our thoughts, and it's and it has a whip, and it's controlling the horse, and the horse is emotion. It's the whole everything has meaning, and when. We get hit blindsided like that. That's the first thing that happens. Is the horse just like it's like getting getting hit on the butt, right? It just goes wild, and 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 it starts running and maybe rearing up and driving us off into a ditch. <laughs> That's what emotion does a lot of times. It goes all over the place, and that's what happens when our buttons get pushed, right? We don't we don't go, oh look. My button was pushed. Let me look at this. You know, it's like normally, it's like、ah! the first thing we do is lose it or blame somebody. We're asking the wrong question again, right? Not, oh my God, why did they do that to me? But, oh my God, I still have that button. That's interesting. <laughs> Let me look at that. Let me look at that. So it's important to take that breath. Not armor up. But ask the question. Ask the right question. Is this a fact? Is this a truth? Does this reaction serve me? Does it serve the me I am today? Because if it doesn't, what do I want to replace it with? Because we do have free will. We can change those things. Am I reacting out of love or am I reacting out of fear? This is our opportunity to go within and, and to heal. Those things, and to unwire those buttons and 
you know, throw them aside. Then somebody can come up and push them all they want. And you're like, huh, <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere anymore, you know? <laughs> la, 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 la. Because you're healed. You're healed. And that's lovely. And that's what happens when we take that time out. That's what happens when we take that moment and go within and ask the question. Ernest Holmes said, God is always God. God is always God, no matter what our emotional storm or what our objective situation may be, there's always something hidden in our inner being that has never been violated. Isn't that lovely? God is always God within us. There is that place within us that has never been violated. There is that whole perfect and complete. There is that seed of perfection that Walt Whitman described within. And so that's, that is our journey home while we're here. It is a journey to the heart. It is a journey within to our truth. It's, and it, it's always a journey to truth, isn't it? We always take that moment so that we don't have to be victims. Ugh, you know how boring that is? <laughs> I'm just like, he did this to me, and she did that to me, and you're a pain in the whatever, right? So you go within and, and you discover, oh my God, I still have that button. Or holy moly, you know, I still react that way. This is something I read on, on Facebook the other day, just scrolled by really briefly. It said, don't expect you from other people. Oh, my God, did you, did you read that? Don't expect you from other people. And I went, oh, like it was like, duh. You know, it was one of those really big light bulb moment right up here. I went, oh, you know, because we do. We hold our own values. We hold our own values. We hold our own morals. We know what we expect our behavior to be in life. But, you know, sometimes we don't get that back from other people. And here's the thing, they do what they do because they believe in that moment it's the best thing for them. So it has nothing to do with us. Doesn't that take all the heat off? I love that. Now there's like, you did this to me, or you did, or I did. Or... There's none of that. It's like somebody does what they think is the best thing for them in that moment. That's really all it is. So it has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with us. I love that. Wow, takes all the heat off, right? People are just being people. And, and we're, we're, was it Kathy Hearn used to say, we're rubbing all the rough edges off on each other. <laughs> I love that. All that interaction, right? We rub the rough edges off on each other. We are born. We venture forth into the physical. What were we thinking, right? Sometimes I wonder, wah, wah. anyway. We venture into the physical. We have experiences. We learn. We grow. We receive love, we give love. We receive hurts, we give hurts. Come on, admit it. You've been on both sides of that thing, right? We build walls around ourselves only to then have to tear them down at some point, right? We protect ourselves and then we have to dismantle that so that we can engage in life in its fullest with all of its emotions and all of its love and all of its hurt. We, we tear it all down so that we can experience that greater life. We learn to love our experience of living, all of it, all of it, without attachment to any of it, so that our journey home is free and fun and, and delicious and delightful. Our journey home within ourselves on a daily basis and the great and grand journey home at the end 
which J.M. Barry said, to die will be an awfully great adventure. I believe that. I choose to believe that. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, all the great mystics have taught the same thing. They have all agreed that the soul is on the pathway of experience. That is of self-discovery. That is 